with your powers combined, we are fan holes. Go, go, go holes. Can't believe there's a chat room big enough to hold all of our present bodies. <laughs> wow. Of all the things I missed about the show, I miss Tony being wrong always. We've already got a me. We don't need another me. Oh boy, a Bashir episode. <laughs> <laughs> ah yes, Derek. Lover of lobster women. Defender of Starfire's fidelity. I just want to know, who is the consultant? Who could he be? <laughs> no, I have no heart. <laughs> Nobody can relate to a, a talking cat that eats lasagna. I'll do it, but I want to be immediately killed afterwards. <laughs> Derek, in your Derek layer, do you have a list of, that tells you like how to take down the other fan holes? Should we like, go crazy? <laughs> How does my stupid voice sound? You sound beautiful. Like ten times sexier. Good job. No one gets us, because we don't explain it. Hey folks, and welcome to Fanholes Podcast. Uh, this is Mike. I'm going to be your host tonight. Uh, tonight we're going to be discussing the Metal Gear Solid digital graphic novel. And uh, because uh, I think only basically me and like our long absent fan hole Brian are fans of Metal Gear on this show, uh, we brought in a ringer to uh, help us talk about it. So uh, TJ Damon has joined us. Uh, why don't hey. you say hi, TJ? Hi, TJ. I, I used my I used my lifeline, guys. Yeah, Derek Derek needed help, so like he summoned <laughs> he, he codec called TJ. Yep. In whatever case, yeah, so what? I, like I said, uh, we're going to be talking about the Metal Gear Solid digital graphic novel. And this was, I guess, like kind of a way for, like, I, you know, I knew it existed, and it was kind of a way for me to, like, you know, expose Derek to Metal Gear a little more. But, like, I, you know, I'll have questions for him, like, you know, how clear this was as a story, like, presented in this format. But, like, before we do, like, talk about the actual thing, uh, like, uh, I'd like to, you know, have a little primer session, like... You know, I've always been a fan of Metal Gear. Like, I, I played, you know, well, I guess I should say I, I've been a fan of Metal Gear Solid because, I mean, I've never played the Nintendo games, but, like, Metal Gear Solid for PlayStation was one of my, like, first PlayStation games. Like, you know, I'd go out over a friend's house every day after school and we'd, like, play a little more of it. And, like, you know, it, it, it basically, at, at the time, it was like revolutionary. It blew my mind. And, you know, I've, been, I've followed the series ever since. But, uh, TJ, like, what is your history with Metal Gear? Well, I, you know, I vividly remember the first time that I was introduced to Metal Gear. And I want to say, and, I, and I, th- I think we're safe to say that we're all very well um, schooled when it comes to, you know, comic books, particularly the big two, Marvel and DC, in this room. Would that be. Safe to say? Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, the first time I got hip to Metal Gear, I want to say it was somewhere around, God, was it maybe September of 89? And it was the back ads for that month. And I want to say it was sometime around like when X-Men was doing the Inferno crossover. And line-wide, it had this ad, and it was, like, all this equipment on there. And there I saw, I'm like, is that Michael Bean from Terminator in the cover? No, it was just a really well-ripped-off piece of art from, you know, from that, you know, no shame in lightboxing. And I says, I have to get this game. And so that Christmas, fortunately coming from a broken home, 
um, the parents were halfway kind of hip as to what they were they, each other was getting, so there was no crossing of the streams there. Uh, so, so on my dad's side, I got the Nintendo, and then on my mom's side, my first two Nintendo games were Jackal and Metal Gear. And this game, even though, I mean, now in hindsight, you know, now that I know really that the U.S. Um, version was, it was poorly translated with phrases like, I feel asleep, and it was missing, like, certain segments of the game that got swapped out from other stuff. I don't know why they did that. I don't know if it was a, a storage thing or whatever. But for a 12-year-old, it didn't matter. It was just this side of awesome. And, and I remember the follow-up, uh, which was, I believe it was Snake's Revenge, which was solely done by the U.S. side of Konami. And it was just a god-awful, terrible game. It was horrible. But then fortunately, as the story goes, uh, Hideo Kojima, who was the, 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 the creator and um, perpetrator of Metal Gear, got wind of the fact that the Americans were doing this this, this, this snake's revenge. And he said, well, you know, screw that. I'm going to, I'm going to go do my own and, and actually make it a real sequel. And so unfortunately we here in the States didn't get that until like the special edition, until they finally released a special edition of metal gear solid three. Um, so yeah, no, my history on that is steep from the very beginning as far as our U the U S presence. And then of course, you know, when metal gear solid came out, here again, it seems ironic. Metal Gear is always the reason why I buy a game system because that's when I got a PlayStation was because of Metal Gear Solid. I got a PS3 because of Metal Gear uh, uh, Solid 4. Um, I got a PS2 because of Sons of Liberty was coming out. So yeah, Metal Gear is probably my favorite game franchise just because um, as it's gone forward, the story's gotten more convoluted, but it's also, it's also revolutionized a lot of the way the games are being played. You know, whether it was introducing cinematics, whether it was, you know, the codex system, whatever it might be, there was always something that was just revolutionary every time a Metal Gear game came out. And yeah, it's it's by far my my favorite series. Sweet. Yeah. Like so so Derek, do you have a history with Metal Gear at all or Well yeah, yeah. I mean I mean I, I think it's mostly through osmosis, like mostly through other individuals who are passionate about it. I think I, you know, I, I'm not obtuse to, you know, TJ's Metal Gear commentary on the Quad M show. I'm not obtuse to your own Metal Gear commentary, whether it's you and Brian. I mean, well, one, before I ever did the podcast, there were hardcore gamer people who love Metal Gear and Metal Gear Solid and all that kind of stuff. So I frequently watched people play Metal Gear. You know, like me myself, I have like zero patience to play a game like that. I, I don't like sneaking up on people. I don't like being silent. Like when I play a video game, I want to beat the fuck out of somebody. And I, I don't conceptually <laughs> I don't you know, I, I I don't get into games like that. But I've seen people play it and I've admired the skill in which they've employed you know, solid snake, right? So, I mean, I get, I get the jokes. You know, you got to sneak up on somebody. You got the little guy with the Z's. You got to, you know, run around and hide behind boxes, or you are a fucking box, like you're, you know, a Looney Tunes cartoon or some shit, and all that kind of like that. I get all that stuff. I'm vaguely familiar with the the plot and everything. I mean, I think if we go far back enough, though, in the history of 
of our show. I mean, you guys did a, a Metal Gear episode or something like that. Like, I don't think, I can't remember if I was on the show or even involved in the show, but I mean, I think at the very least, I've read these Ashley Wood IDW comics before. So th- this is the first time I've seen that, you know, I guess motion comic version of them. But I mean, I think it, it, in trying to prepare for other shows and stuff like that, I know I've read the, the you know, the Ashley Wood comic adaptations, like the actual comics and everything like that. And like I said, I've seen people play most, I mean, I don't know, not all the games, right? But I've seen people play the various games over the years and everything you know the stuff on playstation for sure and you know some of the stuff on some of the newer gen systems but i mean outside of that like i i you know it's it's very tangential very osmosisy, you know kind of connection to it that's good yeah i'm probably in but between the three of us like i'm probably in the middle of the spectrum like i mean tj is probably a bigger fan than i am but i you know i i I have not beaten all the games, but I've at least seen, like, someone beat, like, all the games. Like, I've sat down and, like, watched, like, all the games, at least. Like, I think I've personally beaten Metal Gear Solid, like, Sons of Liberty, um, uh, Peace Walker, uh, Metal Gear Rising. And I played chunks of three and four, but I I don't think I ever beat them. And, like, I, I... played a huge chunk of five but i, I like I, I think i got I, I got like you derek i got like tired of it like and i just stopped playing it like and i know that might be like blasphemy or whatever but i don't know i i got sick of like all the micromanaging and stuff so i'm like oh whatever mother base like you can burn to the ground i'm done with you like forget it like <laughs> yeah in whatever case like uh yeah well i was just curious like so i want like you know i want i wasn't sure like your level of uh uh, knowledge, like with the characters and all that, and like I wanted to, you know, intro, like show you this, like as a way. I guess my question is, does this work as a, like, you know, a story and not a video game? Like, and uh, I guess we can we can get into it, but yeah, like, yeah. um, yeah. So you know, the digital graphic novel is uh, based on, like Derek said, on the IDW uh, adaptation of the game of the the first Metal Gear Solid from two thousand four. Uh, with Ashley Woods art and, uh, you know, they, uh, and I think it's in 2006, they like dubbed it with, you know, virtually all the English voice cast. And I think they dubbed it in Japanese too. And, uh, you know, released it and it's, it's been part of like some anniversary editions too now, but, uh, I don't know. I just thought it was a nice, uh, representation of Metal Gear Solid as a story, I guess, at least. So, but yeah, what, Derek, like, what do you, do you, were you confused? Do you, do you like remember stuff? Like what, what were your thoughts on this then? I mean, uh, uh, you know, just speaking as a noob and, and how I approached this in terms of does this story make sense to me question. Like, like I said, I, I remember reading the, the Ashley Wood comics and everything and then you know i watched this motion comic i think if i was going to be overly positive about it i would say that this metal gear reminds me this metal gear solid motion comic and then the ashley wood comics reminds me of like an anime like trigun where you can tell there's a certain video game aesthetic to it where 
you've got a main character, there's a mysterious past, there's questions that you should have, and possibly, you know, they're engineered into the story. Like, there, there is supposed to be an element of mystery to certain background characters and all that kind of stuff. But then at the same time, you, you do see the kind of video game logic where he's bouncing from different types of bosses because there's all these various characters that are, I mean, they, they get more and more outlandish and, and anime-ish, you know, depending on the boss battle, right? So there, there is that aspect to it. I think if I was going to be a little negative about the reception that I have to it is it also seems to borrow from all this various popular media and it it kind of makes like this weird Frankenstein casserole and it's like some things are super familiar. Like if I was going to joke about it, right? Like I, I said that I have kind of a, you know, osmosis connection to metal gear. Like basically the, the best way to explain it is look, I know it, it'd be like saying, I know what Pokemon is, but I didn't memorize all 200 of the Pokemon's names. Right. And like, it's the same thing. I know what metal gear is, I probably couldn't tell you all these guys' names, but if I was going to make a joke about it, I'd say, like, you know, Colonel Troutman from Rambo or whatever, like, comes in and gets Solid Snake at the beginning of the video game. Like, that's my take on it. It's It's got that... It starts out being semi-grounded, where it's this, like, dude, it's this... You could tell it's this old kind of grizzled, like, vet guy, and it's like, dude, you know, Rambo, we need you one last mission, like, one last time, like, we gotta get you back into the field. So I could grasp onto that. I think the parts of it that become confusing to me, and I guess my my negative comparison is, as opposed to comparing it to Trigun, I'd compare it to another anime called Gungrave. And it's like, Gungrave is a video game that they turned into an anime, and they tried to make a story about it. And to be perfectly honest, Gungrave, I like the criminal backstory way more than I like the actual quote-unquote video gameplay portion of the anime, where it's like a dude in his, like, you know, Wild West mech armor thing or whatever and he's going from boss battle to boss battle i find all that excruciatingly boring and what i really liked about that anime was the rich back history of like he used to be friends with a guy and they had a falling out and there's all kinds of mob stuff and you know stuff that i thought was interesting and kept me watching i guess so it's like i kind of teeter on that edge as far as as this goes because the the deeper you get into it the the stuff that i glaze my eyes over is when it becomes very convoluted x-men you know cable strife strife is cable's clone clone is strife's cable type stuff where i'm like okay you got you got solid snake you got liquid snake you got Big Boss. You know, you got all... I mean, I'm, I'm sure I'm mangling it all, but my understanding is, like, aren't these guys all clones of the same fucking... Like, isn't isn't Big Boss, like, really the, the main person? And then Solid Snake's, like, really a clone of Big Boss, and Liquid Snake's a clone of Snake, and all this... I mean, I don't know, like... like more, when, more or less, yes. When, 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 when that, like, it, it's funny, like, when, when I'm watching that, then I guess what I get in my head is, like, well... If they are, why, why does Liquid Snake sound like an English guy? And 
David Hater sounds like Snake. Like, shouldn't they all sound like David Hater? Like, shouldn't they all sound like Tamora? What's his face from you know the Clone Wars? Like, like why do they sound different? You know, like that kind of thing. But I mean, as far as like just you know appreciating the the entertainment value in you know them going from you know mission to mission and boss battle to boss battle and this kind of covert espionage thing. Like, I could kind of appreciate that, chuckle about it. You know, it's got that. I, I would imagine, you know, besides Rambo, I'd compare it to something like 24. You know, a guy's on a mission. He's on the, the, the you know, radio line. He's calling back to home base. You know, there's there's different people he's on the radio with, you know, like that that whole kind of thing. Snake calling back is the same thing as, you know, Jack Bauer saying, you know, damn it, Chloe and all that, you know, like that that kind of stuff, too. So, like, that. I, I, I don't know if that's, you know, a total noob, right? Like, I'm not really invested in the games all that much. I do like, I mean, I am familiar with Ashley Wood. Like, I mean, I remember him from, you know, the the Spawn book and all that kind of stuff, like, way back. So, like, I appreciate the art. Uh, as far as did they successfully adapt it into a motion comic, I mean, it, it's it's a mid-range type thing, I think. It's it's not it's not quite as awful as, like, the, the Watchmen comic, like, from, like, 2009, or, or like some of the really early motion comics where it's just, you know, word bubbles every five minutes and that's it. Like, but it's not quite as up there as I think, you know, like some of the more modern attempts. Like, it's not like an Iron Man Extremis motion comic or a Thor Loki motion comic or whatever. Like, th- those I think are pinnacles where there, there are no dialogue balloons and. They, they do successfully capture the look of the artist and they, they slightly animate it enough so that your you, you know your eyes are fooled whereas this is this is somewhere in between some really early attempts at motion comics but it, it's not quite you know I guess as modern as it could be and you know it came out in 2006 so basically what I'm saying is it's way better than a watchman comic that motion comic that came out in what 2008 2009 so it's actually better than some of its follow-ups, I guess, you know, in terms of motion comics. But it's just it's just probably not quite as good as, say, a, you know, 2015, you know, 2017 motion comic is all. Cool. So, like, TJ, like, what do you think of this? Like, is this, this, is, is this your first time seeing it? Like, what, what are your impressions? Um, you know, I hadn't actually watched it the entire way through. I've got it on like one of the, the, the legacy collection type of thing. So this was my first go around actually watching it. Um, I do have the actual, you know, original comic. So I, I knew what I was getting into, especially with Ashley Wood's artwork. And as far as do I think that it was a good translation or a good adaptation for what it was? Yes. The thing with metal gear is, it's an experience that you have. You do. I mean, you have to play it really to appreciate it. Um, I think story-wise, you know, it was it was it was fine. It translated well, but there's a lot of those little incidences that you miss that really makes the Metal Gear, the original Metal Gear Solid experience, so special. Like when you're first playing it, I don't know how many people out there were so damn confused when Baker says. You need to check the back of the, uh, the the check the back of the CD, and how many people were sitting there trying to figure out how to manipulate the optical disc that you have in your inventory, not realizing that they actually meant the real 
CD, the real CD case of the game for this, this codec code you had to call. Or how many people's minds were blown away when Psycho Mantis takes control of your controller and starts rattling it around the, the, the floor and all that. So I think as far as the translation and adaptation of the game to the comic went, I think it served its purpose. And I think it tells, I mean, it's still a great story. It's still, it's still engaging enough, but it, it, it kind of misses the mark a little bit with that, with what really makes Metal Gear Solid and, and just the experience of the games so special. Yeah, I, I agree with like both of you. Like, I think like Derek said, like, I think it's kind of a, a mid range in terms of a motion comic. Like, you know, it's not the best one I've ever seen, but it's certainly not the worst thing. Like, and at the very least, it's got over like the Watchmen motion comic, like a full dedicated cast and like, you know, basically all the original voice actors. So, I mean, the, the Watchmen motion comic just has the same guy doing everyone's voice. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Even I mean, that, like that's, the female character. That, so. That's why I always point to that as like the worst fucking motion comic ever. Cause you've got, it's like, it's bad enough. Like the one guy's like, I am too good for this world. I will go to Mars. And then it cuts to like, you know, the Silk Spectre. And it's like, hey, Dan, what's going on? You know, and I'm just kind of like, oh, my God. Like, you couldn't you couldn't spring for a few extra voices. Come on. Laurie, what do you want me to do? I want you to love me. I want you to love me because we are not dead. But yeah, there's there's also that element of like like Derek said that like uh, you know it, it it comes across as you know a bunch of a series of boss fights to like you know link together and also I like I, you know they have to kind of include this just because it's essential to the plot but it's like you know Campbell will tell Snake oh there's a stock room like over there go and stock up on weapons or whatever and Snake's like you know oh you know I've got my sniper rifle I've got my Nikita I've got all my you know my SOCOM like all my weapons okay good and then like you know after the next boss battle it's like okay there's another stock room like like go stock up over there and snakes like you know i go oh now i've got my thermal goggles like yeah like this is good stuff there is an element of that but yeah and like tj says i i think you know it it does a good job of giving you all the important moments and like i mean they changed some things for you know the sake of like they can't like that that's a perfect example that TJ said about Psychomantis cuz they can't do the cool stuff that Psychomantis does to you in the original game like you know where he, he reads your memory card or he makes your controller move so they invented like a whole scenario in this like where he kind of tricks like Snake with a hallucination and like that's not in the game and like that's how they kind of convey Psychomantis's like powers and stuff and, like, you know, there's some stuff they have to sacrifice just to, you know, tell a coherent story in, in this medium. This, this, I could get into the minutia, but, like, I mean, there's stuff I like and there's stuff I don't like. Like, let me let me ask you, TJ, like, who who is your fa- – because there have been three, count, like, counting this one. Who is your favorite voice for the uh, Gray Fox, like the Cyborg Ninja? I've, I've always sp- liked his, like, original voice, like, in the PS – the original PS game, but – They've changed it like twice since now. So I don't know. What about you? Yeah. I, you know, it's funny. This was actually something that as I was watching this, 
I had to go. I, I, I had to, to wait until the very end to check the credits because I'm like, this is a different. This is a completely. This is a third new voice, isn't it? As, as far as I'm concerned, concerned um, George, George Bird, Bird, the original Gray Fox from the video game, is, is the best. The best. That, 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 that's, that, 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 that is my gray fox right there. While you're on that tangent, just 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 to go back, I don't I don't know if you want to cover this or not, but you know something that I did pick up on just because I pay attention to all the the acting bullshit is it may still be George Bird because most how should I put this most of the people that were doing the original voices were SAG actors and the Screen Actors Guild didn't really apply to video games back in the day but this motion comic the Screen Actors Guild would have applied you know that that would have applied yeah, to like, I, I, so I they, know what you're I know what you're saying like they all they all like had pseudonyms in the original yeah. game but so, no so, it's it's definitely that, a different voice like you can't mis- well, well wait though no, but it says right here it says Greg Eagles parentheses George Bird, so that I think that's just a pseudonym. Yeah, I think but, it's the same guy. But it's in in the Twin Snakes, which is the GameCube like remake. It's Rob Paulson voicing Greg. It's Rob actually Rob Paulson. Paulson. Yeah, oh, and yeah, then yeah. like they had, there's a new guy for this too. So it is like three different voices. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, no. When the when the Twin Snakes came out. And all of a sudden, it was Rob Paulson that that was doing the voice acting. It took me a fat minute to get my head past the fact that I've got you know Yakko Warner doing the voice for a cyborg ninja. <laughs> it didn't work for me. And then here with the motion comic, we have a third guy who sounds like you know low rent bargain basement Raiden. And here again, it just it, it wasn't working. And and George Byrne or George Bird, who was doing double duty because he was also the uh, he was also did the voice for the DARPA chief earlier in the game. I it just it it brings about that that his his voice just brought you know just the 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 gravitas and the weight of the character and the of Frank Yeager and the situation and the hell he went through to get to that point. Something that someone with a higher pitch. And a higher register just just isn't gonna have, if that makes sense. You know, I just, just as as far as I'm concerned, his, his his voice just fit the character better. And I I always felt like George Bird's like cyborg ninja like slash Gray Fox like sounded like on like he was always like on the verge of death or something like he was always like rasping yeah. and like you know snake like you sort of like that like yeah. Make me feel alive. Yeah. You oh, know? He sounded really like creepy. As opposed, as opposed to freaking, you know, 90210. There's no honor in your weapons. No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> There's no honor in your weapon, Brenda. <laughs> Make me feel alive, Snake. Hit me again. No. 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 <laughs> I'm a prisoner of death. Only you can free me. I'm a prisoner of death. Only you can free me. That's all I am now. Just a ghost haunting myself for past sins. I, I mean, I, I think it's an interesting character. It's, it, it, I guess this gives me just a good chance to say something that I was thinking about too, though, is, I mean, this does have the... The hurdle, I guess, is the best way to put it, of 
Like th- this is, you know, I mean, uh, for anybody who's listening that is a noob like me, right? This is not, you know, I mean, I think we've kind of established this, but this motion comic, even though it's the first motion comic and the first IDW comic book adaptation of this game, Metal Gear Solid, Metal Gear Solid is not the first Metal Gear game, right? So ostensibly, you're, 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 start, you know, I mean, it's, it's like. It's like doing a motion comic of Rambo two, not Rambo, right? Like so, so th- 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 that can be. I mean, for somebody who's coming into it blind, like that can be a slight hurdle, right? Because there's there's a lot of, I think, backstory that gets you know spat out at you through the course of the boss battles and the 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 different things, and and I think you know, uh, Ninja or Gray Fox or whatever. I mean, that that character exemplifies that, right? Because they, they have this history they didn't know they had. And, and part of it is a mystery, which is fine. Like, you're not supposed to know everything about it at first. But once you get to the reveal, I mean, if you didn't know the history when you get to the reveal, the reveal isn't as important to somebody who's never played the first two games, right? Like if you, you know, it's like it's like you get to the reveal and and you know, it, it, it'd be like if you watched the Dick Tracy movie and you didn't know who Madonna was. Do you know what I mean? It's like, haha, the blank is really Madonna, and you're just like, who's Madonna? Like what? Like you, you know what I mean? Like 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 so there's there's a certain aspect to that where you you you'd have to know certain things to have the full weight of that reveal dropped on you. I, I can I can see that perspective, um, but I think by the time that you get into, as far as as far as within the game itself, I think by the time you get in there, you're just like, Ugh. I can I can see where you're coming from, um, but considering the fact that we missed out on the second part in the U.S. entirely, um, I I don't know that it would that it made that big of a difference. Because you could still get into the story and still play follow up, and even then, if you if you actually had the original game, they actually did offer within there like you could go in and and really, if you chose to read the catch up, you know the the of, of what happened in the first Metal Gear and then Metal Gear Two Solid Snake, you could actually read. They actually had like these fake books that were written that told the story of what happened you know, in those areas is kind of like a recap. So then that way for, for folks like, well, here again, like how many, how many people that got that game may not have even been, you know, born or old enough to have remembered or even played metal gear at that time, they could still read and play catch up and that type of thing. So it was there for those that actually wanted to at the time. I think, you know, much like what you say on this end with the comic book, I can see where a little bit of that may get lost in the translation, you know, as far as, you know, trying to play that emotional catch up of, okay, so who's Gray Fox? Why should I care? Um, But I think by the time that it actually does matter and becomes more relevant, I think you do end up getting more invested as long as you're getting invested in the story. Well, because as a a noob, as a layman, you know, you're sitting there going like, Naomi is Solid Snake's Chloe, but then it turns out, Chloe's really from freaking Africa or whatever, and her parents were mowed down Chinese, and everything. Yeah. Like so, and 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 she's a plant because she's really working with the bad guy, but the bad guy is her brother, but it's not really her brother because 
he killed her parents and he adopted her, you know, like, so it's like, it's like that. that I, I appreciate all that. Like, I, I think it's a fun backstory, but there, there, there is that aspect where, you know, I, just as a noob person, I was like scratching my head going, wait a minute. Like, don't they have any vetting processes? Like, did, did Colonel Troutman not vet his, you know, his <laughs> Chloe assistant? Like, come on. Like, what is this shit? They don't just let anybody into the ops room. Like, what? Like, I don't know. So th- there's that kind of aspect that goes through my head, too. Oh, yeah. No, if you're, if you're honestly, if you're confused just by this, don't jump ahead and play like Metal Gear Solid 4. Just don't don't do it. <laughs> yeah, that's the worst one in terms of convolution <laughs> and retcon and shit. And yeah, but no, I mean, I, I remember as a kid is like, a you know, a tender, like probably 15 or 16 year old, like playing this game with my friend after school, like like we we had like we neither of us had played the nintendo game but like we we knew it existed and like you know when they go go into like you know the codec calls they kind of like lay out the exposition about who's big boss like who was gray fox like who like you know like all this and we were all kind of like oh this must have been from like the nintendo game and like tj said like not only in the ps game you can like actually like read the file on the first two games but I, I think like in the manual too it, it has like a little like breakdown of what happened like in zanzibar land and like outer heaven and like all the previous two like missions snake had been on so like we were i think we we weren't confused at the time but you know then again like i said i was like a 15 year old my my head was like a sponge i could probably absorb all this information and like accept it like lickety split like so like well, it, i, I guess- I guess my question then is, do, do you, is that, am, am I just being a poor watcher of the motion comic? Like, th- does that also apply to some of the, the motion comic as well? Or do you think those are some of the nuances, like TJ was saying, that are dropped from the motion comic? You're, like, you're probably, you're probably right. I mean, the motion comic does kind of just yeah. throw the information at you without, like, I think a lot of context is missing, basically. Okay. Like, it, okay. they, like, you know, Snake says, I mean, I, mean, oh, I, I, I heard the names, I, I, I knew that they were being referenced, you know, but it's like, I, I don't know that it, it, it sunk in or anything, you know? Yeah, and I think I think the key important thing there too, just like just like Mike just said, is there it, it, the, the, the not just not just the fact that the context gets lost, but also if you're just starting cold with either the the original comics or the motion comic, and you don't have that supplemental data to like say here again the the manual. Let's let's really let's really be honest here. Game manuals. The only time they were read was when we were sitting down and taking a shit. Beyond that, we just popped in the game and played. We did not care unless we got stuck on something and had to figure it out. But beyond that, no. Those manuals were toilet reading. It's true. And uh, multiple times and, in Metal Gear, so they make that, you reference it. Yeah. Like I said, don't don't be one of those guys that throws away your CD case. You're boned, you know? So so like I said, without without that supplemental data, without that supplemental information, I can see how somebody, you know, like 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 our, our good friend Derek here could get lost without having that 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 stuff at hand to be able to to pre-read and pre-screen. TJ, like what do you think of 
what you know that obviously this was uh you know created like long after the you know the original plot to the ps game what do you think of like them adding in like sort of references to like later stuff in this like you know when liquid and snake have their final showdown like liquid actually says like you know what do you think the patriots are going to do like you know like while there there was some kind of hint of a deeper conspiracy in the like first game like they never mentioned the patriots i don't think so like what what do you think of those like call forwards they add in you know i mean for somebody who maybe picked up or checked out the motion comic because they didn't get a ps1 so they weren't able to play metal gear solid the first time around maybe um that's a nice little add-on that type of thing i don't I don't think it really did anything as far as adding to or taking away from the story. Um, it's not one of those big additions, like like you said, the uh, the hallucination involving M- uh, Master Miller just showing up, you know, and 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 all of that, and, and 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 trying to take trying to substitute that for the 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 controller going haywire, or you know, any of the other subsidiary things that have been added in to try to correct and fix game to graphic novel um, inconsistencies, whatever it might be. Um, As far as adding stuff like the Patriots line or, you know, things along that line, I, 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 maybe it kind of rounds it out and makes it seem a little more connected. But here again to that, I didn't think it really, it didn't really add or take away anything. It was just kind of, there yeah i think they even mentioned solidus at a certain point too in this game and that's like way well not it's the next game but still they they did they did the same thing that they did in the original game where if you sat through the credits you you got your little post-credit roll where ocelot calls in um calls into spoiler alert solidus slash george sears slash president of the united states and then it's revealed oh no there's a third snake um, and they actually did refer to him as Solidus in the video game. So that that was already there. Oh, okay. I don't okay, remember that. That, yeah, that was in the original game, yeah. Okay, maybe I'm, that, that just seemed like that jumped out at me. Like, I was like, oh, I don't remember, I don't remember them actually saying Solidus, like, but... It was it was kind of like a, it was kind of like a Mister Sinister, like, oh, the Summers Brothers, like, plural thing, like, I felt like, but... Yeah. Right. Yeah, that, uh-huh. But, yeah, that, no, I, I do like that, and I mean... As long as long as they don't go crazy, like you said, like with Metal Gear Solid Four, where everything is everything is connected, everything's a conspiracy, and everything like calls back to everything else. Right, right. You know, I mean, it, like it did. It didn't go so nuts that you didn't hear people. You know, somebody just offhandedly, like, like okay, like the DARPA chief didn't sit there and say, "Well, what about the lalilulelo?" You know, I mean, you know, they, <laughs> they didn't add that level of ridiculousness to it to be like, okay, they're, they, they're really trying to hammer home that yes, this is the first one before you go play the second one. And yeah. So, I mean, like I said, it was, it was kind of just one little throwaway line that, yeah, you caught it. Okay, cool. Uh, we're, we're still in shadow Moses, blah, blah, blah. Before everything became, you know, the entangled crazy ass web that was metal gear four where everybody's uncle's brother's cousin was, was in on it. Yeah, it's like an ocelot is like playing dumb and like, you know, o- ocelot has his finger in every single pie and like he knows all these people and like he should know, he knows Donald Anderson, like, you know, and he should know 
like solid snake, even though he acts like this is the first time they met, but, or at least he should recognize him. Oh yeah. Well, and I think they kind of, as you know, so like say with the, with the Donald Anderson thing, I think they kind of explained that one, why they, why, why he quote unquote accidentally screwed up the, the interrogation because he, he was recognized. They did know each other and said, well, shallow Saskia says you're dead for amp, that type of thing. <laughs> You know, not, not not to get away from 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 this guy here and here again, talking forward to to, to future uh, Metal Gear stuff. Wouldn't wouldn't it have just been cooler instead of having some, you know, the whole bullshit secret hip deep hypnosis? You think you're liquid on? Wouldn't it have just been cooler and more into the weird stuff if he actually did get possessed by Liquid's arm? Wouldn't that have been better? <laughs> yeah, you know, just let it just let it go. It wasn't like because I remember when like me and my friend played through Metal Gear Solid Four like when it first came out and like when we sat through that whole like denouement at the end like that forty five <laughs> minute long friggin' thing that explained everything ever like they were like right. oh you know you know uh, you know Ocelot was never possessed like there was like nano machines and hypnosis and shit and I'm like what like we I, I remember even yeah. back then we were like what that's bullshit like. What? Nano machines like yeah. hypnosis, like no, this is ghost possession. It was total, total, total fucking letdown. You know, and like I said, they, I think I think what it boils down to is is when it ended, they overplayed their hand. You know, like like hey, yes, who's all part of the Patriots? It was Big Boss. It was Ava from remember her, remember her from number three, and it was it was Ocelot. Oh, and you remember that gal that did your save data in Metal Gear Solid Three? She was in on it too. It's like what the fuck. Oh yeah, Doctor Clark. Like they, they, they mention Dr. her Clark. in that. She, yep. Yeah, the gal. The, and, and and like I said, well, in in the in the actual original game and and the the, the motion comic, they mentioned a Doctor Clark was the one who created the cyborg. They never implied that Doctor Clark was male or female. So I guess just to be witty, we're gonna go ahead and and here again in in Metal Gear Three, they never revealed what paramedic's name was. So we'll just make her Dr. Clark and wrap her up in the whole web. And yeah, there are some points where you just got to say, Hideo, dude, seriously, it doesn't. You, you can leave some loose wires. You don't need to have everything connected into this shit. Just let, let it go, pal. Let it let just simmer down, buddy. Just simmer down. Yeah. Were you like, I don't know, like, uh, sorry, we're leaving you behind, Derek. We're just we're, we're chatting. No, no, we're no, 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 no I'm, I'm good. I'm good. This is were this you, is exactly why I asked TJ to come on. So you guys could talk about this stuff. Like TJ, when you first played Metal Gear Solid 4, were you like disappointed to learn that like, you know, paramedic and like all those guys were the Patriots? Because like you were like, but wait, they were my buddies. Like they're the like they're the like ultimate bad guys. Like almost was that like a disappointment to you? Ah, disappointment, not so much, but I think it was, I think it was anticlimactic because I mean, really, let's be honest when, when, when they leave you with that cliffhanger in, in number two in sons of Liberty, where they're like, you know, we've got the names of the 12 wise men. Okay. What's the story? They're all dead. They've been dead for over a hundred years. And you're just sitting there thinking like, okay, that that sounds like a really, really friggin' cool, like, like warped conspiracy thing that we could really get into. And instead, it's the guy that you were talking about how the mushrooms made you glow and the woman that would sit there and quote movie shit with you. 
these two are the brain trust of an entire global conspiracy to take over the world with a rogue AI? I, I, don't, don't, I, don't, I don't quite get that. But I have fun playing the game, so I'll go back and play it a fifth time. You know, <laughs> so no matter how convoluted the plot gets, I mean, I still like have a fondness for it and like all the characters and stuff. So, I mean, you know, it, it does get really like comic book. Yeah, ridiculous, I mean, it's, it's, you know, but... as, as far as like actual stories, love playing, the, you know, like actually love playing the cutscenes through and watching it and going through Metal Gear Solid. The, the first Metal Gear Solid game is still my favorite as far as story because it's simple, it's not as convoluted, and it's just great action. You know, here again, you've got Colonel Troutman that goes back and recruits Snake Plissken to come back in and rescue the president from, instead of New York, Alaska. Uh, and and it's, just, it's just very simple, you know, and then you've got your rogues gallery of bad guys, and it's just, it's not convoluted, it's not trying to connect dots, it's just fun. Are you are are you like me? Like, are you do you consider yourself like a purist? Where like I like I only ever want to play like the PS original version of Metal Gear Solid. Like, like I don't I never want to p- play like like Twin Snakes or anything. No, um, I I am not. I'm very much like like when they did the HD remakes and they switched up some of the controls for. I think they can switch up some of the controls for two for two and three to match sort of kind of what was going on with um, number four and maybe Peace Walker. I can't really remember off the top of my head. It's been a while since I played them. But I'm for anything that improves the gameplay. Like the fact that on that original PS1 version, you couldn't do the first person aiming and shooting. You could look in first person, but you couldn't, you couldn't fire your gun. You couldn't do anything like that. I think in a perfect world, if Konami was halfway smart, they would make friends with Kojima. They would license the creation of, say, a Metal Gear Solid remake or perhaps the Kojima cut of Metal Gear Solid 5. Hint, hint, wink, wink. But, but what I would love to see is the original Metal Gear Solid bring back as many of the original cast as still around. I don't know if anybody of, uh, I don't know if any of them has passed on. I'm sure a couple have by now, but I would love to see a remake of the first game, not only with Fox engine graphics, but also the, 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 the Metal Gear Solid five control control system, because as much, as much as I love for story, and cinematics, the original Metal Gear Solid, obviously the Fox engine would just improve that hands down. But I defy, I defy anybody to tell me that Metal Gear Solid 5, although story-wise it sucked, and the gameplay with its episodic shit was kind of repetitive, um, you can't tell me that as far as just for gameplay and control structure and just the way everything was mapped out of the control, that that was not the best so far that was that was like perfect just the way everything was mapped out on the controller and your ability to play and i think that control structure with the fox engine i would love to see a remake for the ps i guess at this point the ps5 of of the original metal gear solid 
or even the or even the first two Metal Gear games. I have nothing against like, you know, updating the controls. Like I know Twin Snakes, yeah, like, you know, gave you the first person like thing and made it a lot easier and stuff. And I think like what, like the hanging off uh, uh, railings, was that added in too? I, I, I forgot exactly what, what what they added in. I think, yeah, that was, I think, I think that one was added into two because I don't, I don't think that was available in the first one. I think it was number two because the whole big thing about that was you're able to do pull-ups to, you know, strengthen your, your grip gauge, which I don't know anybody who actually maxed that out, but um, I think that was introduced in two. Yeah, but I don't like as far as me, though, like I just like for some maybe it's just nostalgia or like stupidity or whatever. But I like the blurry face cutscenes better than Twin Snakes like cutscenes, even though like, you know, obviously it's an, a graphical improvement. I don't I just think the direction think, is better I, on the PS cutscenes like. Well, and I, and I think probably the main reason that is because, oh, God, who is it? Was it is it Platinum Games? Is that the one who did, who did like all the remakes? And I think they also did. And I think they also did Metal Gear Rising. I never played or Revengeance or whatever it was called. Was it Rising or Revengeance? I don't remember. The the Raiden game where we get to see him in a sombrero and a poncho. Good lord! When you know when Kojima goes away, shit just goes to hell, doesn't it? <laughs> let's let's throw hey, our I, I, I like Rising. So. Let's take the character that everybody hated from number two. We make him a total badass killing machine in number four. What can we do to possibly improve him? Sombrero and a poncho. (laughs) Rising is in my top, like, three or four like games in the franchise. Like I, I, and I know it's nothing like any really? other metal gear solid game, but like, I'm, I guess I'm kind of like Derek where like, I, I, I get tired of the sneaking around and I just want to like hack people up sometimes. So I just want to, I just want to kill shit. Yeah, sure. I'm, I'm down with that. Pain. This is why I fight. My normal, my nature. But yeah, so I think I think probably if if it was still like it, okay, so if it was the Fox Engine, let, let's just go ahead and play theoretical rhetoric here, real quick. If it was the Fox Engine with the Metal Gear Solid Five control structure, and Konami licensed it over to Kojima, so it was his studio. And his oversight, so basically, it would still be his his direction on it. Do you think you'd be a, the the purest soul would be a little more forgiving on a Metal Gear Solid remake with the new with the new stuff? Yeah, absolutely. Like I I just didn't like like I said the direction in the Twin Snakes like cutscenes like when when they kind of made it like you know obviously like the Matrix was still very popular at the time, so there's all these like bullet time scenes. And like snakes, well, yeah, like jumping yeah. on a missile and stuff. And I'm like, wait, right. what? Like, and I mean, that's it's funny because when you compare that to like that stuff that happens in later games, like that's nothing like compared to like some of the superhuman shit people pull off in other games. But I don't know, like it just kind of seemed off for the original Metal Gear Solid. The the original, like for some reason, like I love the blurry faces and stuff from like PS, like, and I, I don't know, for some reason that adds to the atmosphere to me, but. You know, you had asked me earlier about my thoughts on Gray Fox and the uh, the three different voices that have been used, whether it was, 
you know, the first one, the Twin Snakes or the, the, the graphic comic. Um, as a purist, how, where, where are you at on the fact that they changed, you know, Jennifer Hale using a British accent in the first game and then an American accent from everything Metal Gear Solid 4 going forward and then the same thing with Mei Ling and, and, and the actress that played Mei Ling where she was very, very heavily Asian accented. But then they said, nope, we're just going to get rid of that with number four going forward for any other stuff we do. I know it's probably like politically incorrect or whatever, but I love like Chinese accent Mei Ling. Like I think she's so much cuter and she has so much more personality. What's wrong? Nothing. I just didn't expect a world-class designer of military technology to be so cute. <laughs> You're just flattering me. No, I'm serious. Well, I know I won't be bored for the next 18 hours. Come on. I can't believe I'm being hit on by the famous solid snake. Yeah, like, I think Naomi, too, like, has a little more, like, I guess, like, flavor to her when she has, like, a British accent. So, like, I, I don't know, like, I, maybe it's because I've heard Jennifer Hale in so many cartoons, like, that I heard default talking voice is just, like, I don't know, sounds like a bunch of other voices sure. to me. So, like, yeah, but I, I don't know. I think I, I like the original performance. Like, in general, I think I like the original performances like from the or the game the original release of the game like more than anything else but i i feel like cam clark is like liquid snake like gets hammier with every time he does this story basically cuz yeah he really <laughs> yeah he goes he goes like really like off the charts hammy like in this in this motion comic <laughs> brother yeah, yeah. <laughs> he destroyed the raidome yeah. <laughs> Like how how uh, they're clones? Like what? Like what? Well, they were raised in different like environments. So that's, that's supposed to explain. <laughs> okay, it. Okay, so okay, so you so you asked. Okay, so so you had asked. How come Liquid has an English accent and and Snake and and Solid Snake has himself an American accent, even though they are both clones of Big Boss? And and let's go ahead and give him a spoiler here. So <laughs> Big Boss was in a coma, they stole his seed, mixed it with the eggs from Ava, and threw it in a Japanese surrogate. And then, there were eight snake babies. Three of them survived. One, Liquid Snake, was somehow raised in, like, Africa. And he was found by Big Boss after he was out of his coma... And he had kind of like this Lord of the Flies thing going on where he was in control of this raging band of, 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 uh, of children, soldiers. And the game ended, and that was Metal Gear Solid Five. That ended with a child, uh, Liquid Snake, because he was raised in Africa. He had that English sort of African, uh, South African dialect to his speaking. That's where he got that accent from. But him... And a child version of, of, of Psycho Mantis take off with the um, precursor to a Metal Gear known as Sahelanthropus, which they never had ever brought up or reconnected in any way, shape, or form. We don't ever know what happened to that. Basically, Liquid and Psycho just had themselves a weekend, and, and we never saw that, that giant machine ever again. And then, and then David, who, who is, is Solid Snake 
we just know that he was raised in America. We don't know if he was like a military student or, you know, who raised him or what his childhood was like. We know nothing of that. And then the third surviving snake was Solidus. Well, and as you heard before, he went on to become president of the United States. There's your, there's your history of snake. Derek, I'm I'm well, I'm I'm seeing there are two two strong American <laughs> accents and some guy who talks like a South Africaner for no fucking reason. <laughs> Someone who sounds like a hammy ass Leonardo. <laughs> Wait, Prince, Prince Adam, is that you? <laughs> Cam Cam Clark joke there, ladies and gentlemen. Here we'll just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah you're well you're welcome for that little bit of exposition Derek. sorry but yeah in answer to your question yes like i i think across the board i don't think there's an i'm trying to think of like other instances in the the games where they changed voices or if they're well i, I can tell you the big one like i i never really cared for uh Kiefer sutherland as big boss like I mean, I, I, I maybe it's because you know we, we were used to David Hayter for so long, but like I, I just, I don't, I feel like he kind of phoned it in almost. Kept you waiting, huh? Yeah, you could definitely tell he wasn't getting paid for the word on that one. He was just kind of like there, collected the paycheck, and bailed. And I wasn't one of those guys that was like, oh my god, it's got to be David Hayter, just because you know what. Uh, the unfortunate reality of things is that when when studios and talent start having pinch fights and one doesn't like the other, you know, whatever, whatever the hell was going on between Kojima and Hader at the time. I mean, it sucked as a fan because yeah, I would have rather have had David Hader in there at the end of the day. Was I disappointed that Hader wasn't in it? Yes. And I will always take David Hader over a, over a, a Kiefer Sutherland that's half assing it any day of the week. Absolutely. I agree with you there. I'm trying to think of what else, uh, I know there's there's been another one like uh, a big recasting, but now I can't think of remember what. Like I just had it in the corner of my mind, and now I forgot about it. The only ones that I can think of as far as major voice recasting, I mean, obviously Cam Clark wasn't Master Miller. That was uh, oh god, was named Robert Town. Oh, Robin something. Atkins Downs was yeah Miller. Yeah, All the prequel yeah. games. Yeah, that's probably a right. big improvement. It's- yeah. Yeah, so I mean, Cam Clark wasn't in for that one, and then also too was the fact that I think I think it, okay, there was a major one that I have no idea why they changed. They took Patrick Zimmerman out as Ocelot and put in Troy Baker in the fifth game as Ocelot. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. And you know, Ocelot was that, just that, kind of a was just kind of a like bro in that game, like. He was just a hip happening cowboy. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Snake, here's your puppy. <laughs> yeah, like Derek, like Ocelot is basically like the star scream of the series. And, but like in Metal Gear Solid 5, it's just like they like they have star scream and he doesn't do any star screaming. Like basically hardly <laughs> any star screaming. It, he's basically a, gl- a glorified puppy sitter. And... Yeah, it's it's pretty much just, uh, you know, here's your binoculars, Snake. Go ahead and here's how you use them. Let the legend live again. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I trust that there. That, what the hell's her name? Was it? No, it wasn't Echo. It was, uh, oh, God. The, the chick that everyone had to like conspiracy for because instead of a full bodysuit, she wore a bra. I can't remember what the hell her damn name is. Quiet. Now. 
quiet there you go shoot her in the head snake i don't trust her none <laughs> you got the impression in that game that like he didn't like quiet because he had a crush on big boss right? <laughs> i'm the first one to tap that ass bitch <laughs> back that shit up it, well in the prequel games it's like everyone has a crush on big boss like everyone is like friggin' wet for big boss like even like you know people who like are his enemies Oh, well, yeah. Wouldn't wouldn't you be? He's the greatest American warrior ever known. And then that's why that's why poor Skullface was so bitter. He's like, bitch, I was the one cleaning that shit up. I was the fluffer here, man. How come I don't get no love? <laughs> oh, yes, oh, 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 big boss is so great. Yet here comes the fucking here comes the guy with the shovel right behind the horse that is big boss during this fucking parade. Thanks, guys. Yeah. That's real, you know, of, of all the bad guys in the Metal Gear Solid series, and I know we have totally gotten away from the motion comics, so I apologize for that. Um, I feel so bad that Skullface had the, had the you know, like the initial look when, 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 when Ground Zeroes came out. Skullface looked like he was just going to be this badass bad guy and it was going to be fantastic. There is probably the ultimate anticlimactic letdown is that character of Skullface. Uh-huh. He's a, he was a, he was Derek. He was a toe stubbed guy, basically. Skull got his, his toe stubbed by, he got by, his toes by, oh, by, by, big, by boss. By big, big boss. Big boss. Yep. Okay. So, you know, instead of taking vengeance on, on solid on, on big boss, he decides he's going to wipe out language in the world. That, that was his, that was his thing. I'm going to wipe out language. <laughs> yeah. Great plan. That's, that's an end game there, pal. You're right up there with fucking Thanos on that one. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so motion comic a motion comic yeah like teach like but you know i'm sure we have a little bit more to talk about before but before we go like like tj i'd like to invite you back to do the second one eventually oh dude uh, yeah no i'm in you know as, as 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 long as you can tolerate any poor connections i may have yes i would love to be back <laughs> Have, have you ever have you ever read the second comic, this, the the adaptation of Sons of Liberty, or seen that motion comic? You know, I was just I was actually about to watch it, and then um, some other some other project stuff came up, so I wasn't able to get to it. But uh, like I said, I think I think that one's on my legacy collection too. I just have not had the chance to watch it yet. No, yeah, because there's there's some huge changes to the plot of that game, and like I'd be interested in hearing your thoughts on that, like especially the ending. But like, yeah, like I said, I'd like to invite you back formally, and like we'll do it again, like eventually. In general, this game comes off better, I guess, in motion comic form. Like, at least, like, you know, f as in terms of faithfulness to, like, you know, the actual story. Yeah, the, the, as, by and large, the adaptation, it's, it's faithful. It's a good representation. If, you don't, if you've never been able to play the game, it's a good jumping on point before you go and play two and three or whatever. But, but really, if you have the chance, if you have the means... I strongly suggest I don't know I don't know if it's available for download on the on the PlayStation store. I don't know. I'm pretty sure eBay prices are pretty outrageous probably for it, like probably in the the 150s or something like that. I don't I don't know. Maybe maybe if you have a GameCube, you might be able to get a cheap copy of Twin Snakes, but I would just I would recommend playing the game cuz that's where you're really going to get the the true feel of what it's supposed to be. But if all you have is just access to this, this is a this is a fine primer. Yeah, absolutely. Like I think 
this was probably mostly made for the fans, but like you can still, if you wanted to get a good idea what Metal Gear Solid is about, you could just watch this like two hour motion comic. And like, yeah. like me and TJ have been saying, like you wouldn't get bogged down in like the retcon continuity fest that it became like, you know, in later games. Would, would you, you know, and, and in some, we didn't really, I mean, we kind of touched on it a little bit, but not really a whole lot. Um, when it comes to being representative of like Yoji Shinkawa's art style, where do you sit as far as Ashley Wood being the artist on these? Whether it be, you know, these guy, you know, this guy or the, the two motion comic, or I think his artwork was the basis, if not the artwork for Peacemate, Peace Walker. Um, where, where, are you, where are you at on Ashley Wood as far as his art style goes? I, I like it. Like, I don't think it's as good here as it would be. Like, we'll put it this way. Like, in Peace Walker and Portable Ops, it's a lot more refined, I feel like, there. Like, because probably because, you know, those are video game cutscenes and they have to be, like, as clear as possible. Like, I think there are some scenes in this that don't come across, like, clearly sometimes. And especially, like, some characters, like, are, like, off-model, like, sometimes. And... I get that he's really, you know, expressionistic and like, you know, he when he wants to show someone shouting, their face might be really distorted. But sometimes like I'm like, is that supposed to be Snake? Because it doesn't look like Snake. Like, you know, like and uh, yeah, but in general, like I like his art, like I like the sketchy kind of expressionistic style. And I think it does kind of at least pay like homage to like, you know, the original like, you know, art style of the character like designs and all that. See, I think I think my biggest my biggest issue, and like I said, I I like Ashley Wood's work. I mean, as 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 an artist myself, I appreciate and actually greatly respect the fact that he can get away with, like you said, a very sketchy art style and make it look good. Whereas if I try and I try to do that sketch sketchy style for like all of an hour, and I just realize that I my I, I try to do it, it looks like complete shit. So I'll give him credit where it's due. He really does well there, but. There's kind of a schizophrenia because when you when you look at, you know, like a lot of stuff, sketchy, 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 then a beautiful, almost quasi photorealistic painting of a woman, then sketchy, sketchy, sketchy. We're going to make Ocelot look like a homeless person. Sketchy, sketchy, sketchy. So I, I like his artwork. I just it's a little too schizophrenic. Like it's at some points I thought like mailing Naomi and Merrill were all the same person. Like, cause uh, like he just seemed to draw them. He drew the, it seemed like he drew them with all the same hairstyle at some points. Yeah. Yeah. And there's one, there's one picture. I can't remember specifically which scene it is, but there's a shot of, there's like a, a mailing mailing. And I literally think he typed a photograph and just plopped it on there, threw some shading on it, and called it good. Didn't even bother to lightbox or anything. I'd have to look back and see where it is on that. You know, I mean, but it's 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 one shot in particular, and it really stands out. Um, in 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 closing, you know, I'd 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 like to ask what what would what do you think your favorite scene or moment, whether it's new, old, whatever it was. From the original game that came over, what was your favorite scene or moment in the adaptation? I'll tell you right now, mine is the bathroom scene. You didn't get this in the video game. This was a new edition, and I, I damn near pissed myself laughing when it was 
What do you think of your snake? Nice ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, I really wish that would have been against the nice ass. Nice ass. <laughs> <laughs> Putting it right out there. Well, I mean, she was sticking that thing right in his face. So, I mean, like in the, in the, in the game, Derek, like, you only get to see, like, Meryl in her underwear if you're, like, super fast getting to the bathroom, like, when you're trying to follow her in her, like, disguise, but... That's that's your reward for being super fast and stealthy? Yep. Yeah, Meryl butt. Seeing Meryl's pixelated butt, yep. And, and you then you too could, could look, look at, at that pixelated, pixelated hiding hiding and say, nice ass! Nice ass! Colonel, I just saw your niece slash daughter's ass. It's a nice ass, Colonel. It's like friggin' what's it, the the YouTube video, like Metal Gear Awesome or whatever. It's <laughs> yes. like yeah. yeah, Meryl's hot. She's my niece. She's still hot, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> but like what 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 key moment out of there sticks out for you? Hmm. Like as far as like adaptate like an adaptation, like in this motion comic from like the yeah. Um I haven't given it much thought actually. Uh I think like there are some things that, like, I think are, in, like, like I said, they had to, like, change for the story to, like, flow more and improve. And, like, I think there are more encounters with Gray Fox, like, than there were in the game. Like, he's the one who saves Snake from the torture in this. Whereas, like, you had to, like, you know, your way out of the torture in the game. Right. Or, 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 like, or, that or like that little side interaction he had, had with, with, with Psycho, Psycho Mantis, Mantis in that, that one, one scene. scene. Yeah. That never happened. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, I, I think, like, I appre- like I said, even though I don't like this voice for Gray Fox, I appreciate the, like, increased, like, you know, spotlight for him. Because he is a very compelling character. And, like, you know, I, I always liked, like, you know, obviously Derek knows, like, I love the rival fusion, like, you know, kind of trope in fiction where, you know, respected adversaries team up to fight a bigger bad guy. And, you know, Snake and Gray Fox teaming up against Metal Gear Rex, like, I've always liked that in the video game. And like, you know, they, they, they have the same scene here and, you know, I, I think it's a little more action packed in the video game. Cause you know, gray Fox actually puts up a good fight against metal gear, solid Rex, metal gear, Rex, <laughs> metal gear, solid Rex. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Like some of, some of the more dramatic scenes are, I think are a little curtailed in the motion comic. So like, I mean, Snake and Liquid have that epic like fist fight on top of Rex in the in the video game, but here it's like they throw two punches, and then Snake like shoves him onto like a jagged piece of metal or something like, and then he's like, ah, I'm done. Like, even though he's not done, but and I think I think I may have like blinked and missed it, but I I it, somehow I don't remember there being the the Jeep chase scene. That we had in the video game translated over to the, the the motion comic, or if it was, it was very yeah. I just I didn't want to make sure that it was one of those you know I blinked or fell asleep and missed it moments. I was also sad they took out like you know when Liquid finally dies and he's like Fox, and then Snake finishes it like die, like you know, and he collapses. Yeah. Like, and I, I thought it was. Fun funny also that they they combine the two endings for this like snake goes on the snowmobile with both otacon and merrill like that that was kind of funny like because like derek like in the in the video game like you can if you hold out against ocelot's torture like you get an, an ending where like it's him and merrill like 
off on, on, on the snowmobile. But if you give in to Ocelot's torture, Meryl dies, and it's only you and Otacon on, like, the snowmobile. But here they, like, he saved, like, everyone, so. Mm. What do you what do you guys think about Otacon? Like, is that is that a character that you just kind of point and laugh at? Or is it, uh, I don't know, I, I, I find it interesting because I, I, I feel like it's semi-designed to be this kind of self-insertion or representative of fandom, but I don't think any fan that really was Otacon would ever see themselves as Otacon. Does that make sense? Here's, here's the thing about Otacon. In the first game, you know, yeah, we basically get to bear witness to him pissing his pants. He's a little, you know, kind of a chicken shit coward. But, but as you see him in the second and fourth games, there is some good character growth. Like, I, I actually really do like Otacon as a character, um, just because, like I said, you get to bear witness to the growth of him. Um, I would not want his love life at all. For those of you not knowing, basically any woman he gets the hots for dies. I think he had some weird ass. Now, was Emma his stepsister or half sister? I was always confused on that, but I'm trying kind of I think they were step siblings. Yeah, it was still just kind of a weird ass, you know. That, 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 that's a fucking Pornhub moment waiting to happen. Fucking Otacon and Emma. What are you doing, stepbrother? Yeah, I can see that. Okay. Um, and then his father commits suicide because he witnesses Otacon and his wife, who I believe was Dr. Strange. No, Dr. Strange was dead by that point. Um, but I think he had an affair with, with, with Emma's mother as well. And, and Huey, his, his father saw that and, and took and, and dumped his wheelchair with himself into the pool and drowned. Dude, yeah, no. Okay, you want to talk about just, like, convoluted, head-scratching, blurry vision? Otacon and women. It's it's a show, dude. Yeah. Yeah, like, in answer to your question, Derek, like, no, I've never seen myself in Otacon, and no, I would never want to, because, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's... As EJ describes, yeah, his, his backstory is kind of weird, and his... History eventually becomes very tragic and odd. Yes. Women die and he balls like a baby. Sniper Wolf dies, cries like a baby. Emma Emmerich dies, cries like a baby. Spoiler alert. Naomi Hunter dies, cries like a baby. I, I, I freaking love in Metal Gear Rising where Raiden asks Sonny like, oh, what's Otacon been up to? And she's like, she's kind of like, oh, like he's, he's been going on dates and shit. And like, and Raiden's just like, oh, yeah, he got really attractive once he entered his 30s. Like, and I was like, oh, man, like, if only. Like, but I, I mean, yeah, I, I generally like Otacon, like as a character, like I think him and him and Snake have a good, like, you know, bro relationship. Like they, they have numerous, like heartwarming moments, like throughout the series. But if if he's intended to be a self-insert or like i i think he's he's supposed to be a self-insert for kojima like i think that's what the what like he was designed as but yeah i've never seen myself in otacon like i always wanted to be friggin snake like that yeah that's what i would imagine right like it it it's, it seems like this weird thing where where you know somebody's like Oh boy the kids want to be robin and all the kids are like no bro i want to be batman yep. you know? <laughs> 
I was just going to use that reference to everyone. Like, nobody wanted to be Robin. Everyone wanted to be Batman. Fuck you. Yeah. Same thing there. You know, no, no kid on the playground wanted to be Otacon. Everybody wants to be Snake. <laughs> I'm going to be Leo. I'm going to be Donnie. I'm going to be Michelangelo. I'm going to be Raphael. You got to be Otacon. What? <laughs> Otacon is basically like the millhouse to like snakes, Bart Simpson. <laughs> Well, I mean, he, you know, I guess he gets all the Lisas before they die a horrible and they all die. Death. Yep. Mm-hmm. But yeah, in, in whatever case, I guess it like I guess we're winding down. But yeah, like I, I, I thought this was a good way to, you know, do another Metal Gear solid centric topic and like involve like Derek, like who, you know, isn't a huge Metal Gear solid fan. And like he, he suggested we invite you, TJ, and I'm glad he did, because, you know, you're obviously very knowledgeable. You probably have more knowledge than I do. So, again, like I, we're going to have to have you back to like review the second Metal Gear solid uh, motion comic. No, then again, I mean, thank, thank you very much for having me on. It was a it was a pleasure. It was a hell of a lot of fun. And yeah, no, when uh, when it comes time to talk about the second one, I'm I'm totally in. Definitely. Awesome. So, uh, Derek, why don't you do our usual uh, spiel? If you have any comments, questions, and or concerns, you can reach us at fanhallspodcast at gmail.com. If you want to check out the backlog of episodes, you can go over to the fanhallspodcast.blogspot.com. This is going to be one of our proper podcasts, so, of course, you can direct download all the backlog of our proper shows there. And we are on all kinds of social media. We're on Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We appreciate all the likes, hearts, shares, and retweets that we receive. And we can be streamed. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Spotify, and Amazon Music. And I guess before we head out, TJ, do you have anything? Like, where can people find you out on the interwebs? Oh boy! Well, for primarily uh, every week, every Monday, you can catch us on uh, myself and uh, my partners Jason and Brett, and sometimes good friend of the show over here, Derek Crab, um, over at the Quad M Show. You can get that either at quadmproductions.com or any podcast catching app that's out there. Um, also, too, if you're if you're into them funny books, uh, we can also check out the uh, the Enigma. Uh, comic book from Quad M Productions, written and illustrated by yours truly, and uh, that's available for both print and digital download. Again, quadmproductions.com. Awesome. Yeah, if you have any concerns about stepbrother and se- stepsister porn, yeah, please email us. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's like a whole that's a whole like, Japanese genre. So that's it's just pr- yeah, they, just I'm pretty sure those that are that's like included in, in these video games, right? Uh huh. That's a moment right there. What are you doing, brother? <laughs> brother? Brother? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. All right. So, yeah, this is Mike. <laughs> I'm signing off. This is Derek. Derek WC signing off. And TJ from the Quad M Show. Toodaloo. Toodaloo. Kept you waiting, huh?
remember when like uh tj like our friend brian like he's a big metal gear uh, like fan too and then, like when ground zeros like came out he like played it and then he was like oh man like Kiefer sutherland sucks like when he was like kept you waiting huh i was like no we weren't waiting for you Keith. <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> yeah i don't know i i did i did i didn't get as i didn't get as bent out of shape about the Kiefer sutherland thing as a lot of people did I think I was just disappointed in the fact that there was like hardly any Kiefer Sutherland in that fifth game. Yeah. Uh huh. You know, it was just because, because, well, that's because, that's because Venomous Snake is you. That's, that's the, do you want, okay, you were talking character insertion with Otacon? No. The blatant character insertion was the whole Venom Snake thing with Metal Gear 5. The real snake was you all along. You are big boss. Yeah. We are all big boss. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's the character insertion you're looking for. Like I've, I've, I've since come around to that twist, but like when I first played it and like, I, I saw that and read that and I, I was like, wait, what? Like, Oh, like it was like it was like riding again, only like much worse as like you were like convinced like it was all the way till the end and you were convinced that you were like big boss. And then you're like, no, you're not big boss. You're some other guy like, oh, see, and I and I and I pretty much had that surprise ending. It's it's actually funny because I on our on our uh, on our podcast, we were talking about that and I called it like a week or two before the game was actually released. So I hadn't seen anything as far as any spoilers that had gone out. I made sure to avoid everything when it came to spoilers, reviews, anything that was going to give anything away. Cause I, I just, I wanted to experience it and we were talking about it on the show. And I think like two, if not all three of my guesses were, were spot on. Because if you go back and, and, and you play that, that Ground Zeroes, you knew right off the bat the medic, you know, that was, that was a, vols, uh, a voice-altered Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah, it was Kiefer, yeah. You know, I was like, oh my, there's a bomb in her vagina, we gotta get it out, you know, and, and you knew that was his voice. So somehow I knew because in future games, Big Boss never had a horn. And there was just, there was just, there was too many things in there. And then the, the giveaway was when they threw out the original trailer, not the, not the Phantom Pain trailer that like everybody didn't know what Moby Dick Studios was, but I, you could watch and you knew that it was Metal Gear. But the actual real Metal Gear 5 trailer, when, uh, when, when, when uh, Miller looks over and says, what about him pointing at you in your you know, view, point of view with the camera? I knew you just you knew something was up. So I'm like, okay, so the you're actually playing as the medic. It's another Raiden thing is what they're doing, but okay. Mentally I'm prepared for it, so I'll just go ahead and do the little, you know, song and dance. You must have been a lot more observant than me, because I just like I didn't like none of that like registered on me. I just like and even when like you know, when you wake up in the hospital and like I was like, why does this bandage dude like sound like Kiefer Sutherland too? Like what's going on? Like and like I thought he was like maybe a hallucination or something, and like that's like how I rationalized it. Yeah. And see like I said, it was just everything was just way too Yeah. And and, and just knowing the way Kojima likes to just fuck with people, 
I just knew that something wasn't right. And again, I, and like I said, it was one of those, and I can't remember what the other two things were, but I just, I just knew that, no, you're not playing as big boss. You're playing as the fucking medic. I knew that one was happening. Um, and then lo and behold, here I go and play the game. And then X number of whatever days or weeks it was later, I'm like, well, there it is called that one. Eventually I came around to it, but like, cause I, and like, I, I think that last scene where it's like revealed is actually pretty good. Like where it turns like, you know, when he flips the tape over, and like, you know, what is it like 10 years pass or something? And then they, all of a sudden he's in uh, like, what is it? Outer heaven. Like when, you know, solid snake Operation is about to kill him. him. Yeah. He, yeah. And he turns around and he's going to go head into the room and do the big, big reveal from the, yeah. And, and honestly, that is where I would have loved to have had like, cause you know, everyone was talking about, um, oh, there was no episode 51 or episode 52, whatever it was where big boss actually goes and and chases down Liquid and Psychomantis in the Shagohod. Yeah, and they 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 actually had like video of it. Yeah, in the I, special, I, special I edition like box the, set, the deleted mission or whatever. And I was like, oh, that would have been cool. But yeah, yeah. I think it, you know, in in a perfect world where you know us little fanboys can get what we want, I think, quite frankly, the, the I, I would have loved to have to have had episode fifty three where you basically get to face off against David Hayter's solid snake. That would have been like as he's walking, as he's walking out in that room and basically you just have that final, that final battle there. You know, I don't know how they would have worked it as far as like a story, but just to, you know, give the fans something, give us a little bit of David Hayter. And regardless of whether, you know, you know, like say if you win, if you win all of a sudden it's that time paradox ending that you get from, uh, you know, metal gear three. Or you know, solid three, but uh, oh, yeah, and you could uh, you have to lose the fight, basically. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, throw throw it on its ear. You basically just have to lose. But here again, I don't know how it would have been pulled off, but that that would have been that would have been the cool fanboy fan service ending that I would have that I would have liked to have seen. But we get what we get, and we don't. Well, actually, we do throw fit. So <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like that deleted mission. It would have been like all of Diamond Dogs versus like the Salamantrophists or whatever. Like, so I mean, right. that would have been pretty odd. Like, I feel like that was the mission where you would have to spend all your like yeah, resources I mean, I, to like, you know, defeat it. But like, uh, yeah, it never didn't happen. <laughs> What's the language rating on this? Is this PG-13 or? No, no, no. This is can I get away with saying some of triple X. You can say whatever. This is. This is TVMA, triple X, like, like Snoochie Boochies, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, no, it's, it, we, we don't care. So I can say, I can say fucking we're good. Yeah. So. Yeah. Absolutely. In fact, we encourage it.